Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilbur Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're discussing saving big money on travel lodging. Big money, big money, big money. What's that from, Joel? Isn't that The Price is Right? The old game show? Oh, where, probably uh, is. I should know that because I've watched <laughs> it with my grandmother countless times. Did you really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should trade these microphones that we're currently using out for those like long Bob Barker ones. Those <laughs> things are so sweet. <laughs> That's totally what I'm thinking of. Like Bob Barker walking around, like pulling folks out of the crowd, showing up in an Adam Sandler movie, <laughs> whatever it is that he, he feels like doing. But uh, yeah, big money, man, that we're going to talk about all the different ways that you can save money while you are looking for lodging while you're on vacation, ways to save money. And basically, we're going to talk about all the different types of places that you could actually spend the night as well. We're not going to just talk about hotels. We're also going to discuss all the alternatives, just the different places that you can rest your head at night. On that note, how many hours do you typically like to sleep at night? Do you have like a range that you typically shoot for? Or do you have a, a set number of hours? Oh, that you... I'm, I'm kind of like minimum eight hours guy. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, I like wow. eight, eight and a half. Trust me, it doesn't always happen. Okay. But that's, that's my goal. <laughs> There's definitely at least one or two nights of the week where I'm getting more like five and a half to six. Yeah. Or even less with the babies. Yeah. Everybody exactly. knows we've had the babies recently. So yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely with a newborn, I'm getting less than that yeah. consistently. But in under normal circumstances, I, yeah, I like to prioritize eight hours of sleep for sure. Eight to eight and a half. Nice. Well, I'll say my goal is seven hours and 45 minutes, <laughs> which is very specific, right? It is. Yeah. Uh, the reason for that is because I've really gotten into sleep cycles recently, like the kind of the science behind that. And evidently the typical sleep cycle for an adult is an hour and a half. 
And so if you take multiple hour and a halfs and kind of group them together, so you got an hour and a half, three hours, uh, you got double that, you got six, seven and a half hours. But then you say, well, why seven hours and 45 minutes? Well, evidently it takes the average adult 15 minutes to fall asleep. So evidently for most adults, five full sleep cycles like that uh, is supposed to allow you to wake up as your body is kind of exiting one of those deep sleep cycles and you don't feel groggy in the morning. I don't hardly ever do that as well. <laughs> it's like a, a, a pipe dream almost at this point. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I shoot for. Do you feel like it makes a big difference when you do kind of hit that number like, oh, yeah. on the head that you hit the nail on the head, seven hours, 45 minutes of sleeping and, and you, you wake up feeling completely different than even if you had gotten more sleep? Oh man, totally. That's why I think recently I've sort of subscribed to this approach because I have found myself, if I go to sleep exactly when I know I'm supposed to, right? Which is typically... 1045. <laughs> and I find myself literally waking up at six, like a, a couple minutes before 630 naturally, like on my own, feeling alert and awake before my alarm even goes off, which is amazing. And when I go to bed a little bit sooner than that, which let's be honest, that never happens. So typically a little bit later, it is so hard for me to wake up because it feels like I'm literally pulling myself out of this deep sleep I feel super groggy before I hop on the bike and take the girls to school. That's kind of the final straw that actually kind of will wake me up. But before that, man, really, I'm just dragging. All right. That's interesting, man. I'm going to look more into sleep cycles. I just hope that it tells me that I need to get like 10 hours of sleep because <laughs> that'd be ideal, really. And Matt, I wanted to mention one thing really quickly. A listener of ours, Elliot, he reached out and sent us an email and he wanted to let us know about this really cool tax credit that exists in the state that he lives in, the state of Maine. It's called Live and Work in Maine. If, if you, actually, you can actually go to liveandworkinmaine.com. And what Maine is doing to try to attract talent to their state, they're offering to pay your student loans down for you if you decide to come live in Maine after graduating from college. There are obviously specific requirements you have to meet, and there's a cap to how much they're actually willing to pay of your student loan debt. But this is the kind of thing that's starting to sprout up more and more places. Local municipalities are, are doing similar things to try to attract people to come move to their city or town. So I thought it was really interesting that there are other ways to consider ditching your student loans. And you know what? Moving to Maine might be one of the best <laughs> ways to do that. Dude, I think it's actually pretty brilliant, right? We've discussed you know, before how there's different incentives that state essentially offer, whether it be intentionally or non-intentional, right? Different states have different income taxes. That's something to consider. Uh, we've talked about the cost of healthcare and how it varies greatly from state to state. This is just something else to consider. If you have a state that you're considering a job in and they have a program that will essentially pay down a huge chunk of your student loans, right? And you mentioned some of the different caps. I saw there's one program that they have where there's a $100,000 cap on one of their programs. Wow. That's a 25000 a year. That's a lot of money, right? That's something seriously to consider uh, when you are looking at where to move post-graduation. I really do think it's something brilliant that uh, a lot of folks might be overlooking when it comes to considering a location to accept a job. I got to say, man, you wouldn't have to twist my arm to move to Maine either. It's, yeah. a, it's a beautiful place. So I, I love that Maine is offering this. I was actually talking to one of my friends who is Brazilian the other day, and the Brazilian government will actually pay for Brazilian citizens to go get their degree abroad. And I'm not sure what the specific requirements are, but, but then he has to move back with his family for four years. And that is kind of his obligation in order to not have to pay for those college expenses. But but That's he's pretty cool. He's saving a huge amount of money yeah. <laughs> uh, by the government doing that for him and sending him uh, to Atlanta in order to get his education at a really awesome university. So yeah, thanks, Elliot, for letting us know about that main tax credit. I think it's a really kind of ingenious potential way for, for folks to ditch their student loans a, a little bit more quickly. 
by just moving to another state. And you know what? Maine's got a lot of good beer too, Matt. Yeah, man. Craft beer and hiking, which are uh, two of my favorite things. And lobster, which is evidently one of the things that you enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Have you hit up that lobster truck yet that you mentioned? No, no I have, it hasn't come back around, man. <laughs> Hopefully uh, soon. Yeah, well, I think it would be appropriate if we had a main beer like Allagash or something like that. But we don't. We have another amazing beer from Surly. This is a beer, again, out of Minnesota. And man, this is actually the first repeat beer that we're having on the show. We've had this beer once before a long time ago. Yeah, it's uh, Surly Darkness. It's a Russian Imperial Stout. We had a previous iteration of it. Surly brews this Russian Imperial Stout up every single year. It's magically different and magically delicious every single time. This beer is is truly iconic. Craft beer nerds will easily recognize kind of the, the distinct design and then, of course, the distinct flavors of this beer. So I'm really excited to drink this one on the show with you today, buddy. And we'll give our impressions on this beer at the end of the show. Yes, we are, man. And I'm so excited. This is such a good beer. Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, all right, Matt, let's get on to the topic at hand. We're talking about saving big money on travel lodging. And we talked about traveling with a purpose on the cheap way early on. Woo. I think it was episode number four or something yeah, like that. A long time ago. A long time ago. <laughs> but lodging is such a huge cost when we travel that, that we thought it was important to dedicate a whole episode to the topic. And there are some incredible ways to save more thanks to the internet, websites, and apps that have been created single-handedly to improve price transparency and to help save consumers more. Matt, first, I want to ask you, have you ever stayed at a hostel? Because when people think about cheap lodging when they're traveling, hostels are, are one of those immediate things that rise to the top because hostels are, of course, really inexpensive places to sleep at night. Have you ever stayed at one? That's like asking me, have I ever been 20 years old? Because because <laughs> I feel like everybody has to kind of go through the stage where you're maybe doing a little bit of traveling, checking out a hostel. Yeah, yeah, I've stayed at one, but I think I've only stayed at a, like maybe two or three. Uh, I specifically remember one in Rome that was, it was not fancy. Uh, it was pretty grungy. That is the typical <laughs> hostel experience, I think. Yeah, grunge all the way. If um, you told me it was really posh, I'd be like, wait, did really you... fancy? Was it actually a hostel? Yeah. But specifically this one, the location was amazing. I mean, literally, we could see the top of the Vatican just around the corner. That was sort of the selling point of this one. And so if you've never been to the Vatican there in Rome, I mean, it's, it's, it's unreal. Just the scale of St. Peter's is it's just mind-blowing, right? So I remember that. And I also remember there being two Australians that we shared our room with, and they're all about the discoteca. <laughs> well, who isn't, right? <laughs> well, we weren't because we didn't know what the heck it was. I was like 19 years old. And I, I just remember them saying like the first day we got there, like, are you guys going to check out the discoteca? And I thought, I don't know what that is, man. But we were just like, yeah, maybe we're thinking about it. I mean, it's just a club, basically. Australians and New Zealanders, they just travel way differently. You know, they're, they're taking that off year and they're in Rome for like weeks and they'd done all the sightseeing and they were just there to kind of party. <laughs> and so specifically, I remember that standing out and just staying in a hostel in general. It's just such a more fun and social way to find lodging while you are traveling abroad specifically. Yeah, at least until you hit a certain age, I guess, right? <laughs> I think I'm maybe past the, the hostel. Kind of age out of it at some point. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I don't think Emily and I going on a trip, like want to be hearing about the discotheca, yeah. you know, with a room <laughs> full of other people. It's like, but, let me just go to sleep, man. I'm, I'm, I'm old. Yeah, but I think it is a worthwhile thing for people to consider, especially if they, they are in that phase where, where they don't mind, kind of. And, and actually, it can, it can enhance your experience. Right? You can meet 
new people. You can find folks that have been there for a while, maybe uh, already, and that know a certain amount about the city. Hostels can be a great place to find new buddies, right? W- when you are traveling. Yeah, they can show you the ropes. Yeah, no doubt. So there are websites like hostelbookers.com and hostelworld.com. And those are great sites to help you find a hostel, if that sounds like fun to you. So we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about hostels, but that's kind of a known entity. And of course, they're, they're especially big in Europe, but you can find them you know, across the nation too, here in the United States. And you can save big bucks by staying at a hostel as opposed to staying at a hotel. But Matt, you know what's even better than, than low cost? Free. And let's talk about some of the free options that people have for lodging when they are doing some travel before we get into kind of some of those websites and apps that can help you save in kind of more traditional ways of finding accommodations when you're traveling. Yeah, a lot of times, man, free is better than cheap. And one of the best ways to do that is through a site called Couchsurfing. And that's something that I have not done before, but you've got some experience with that. Yeah, I think I've actually mentioned this on the show before. My buddy Travis actually met his wife on couchsurfing.com, <laughs> right. which is kind of cool. Uh, uh, it's, it's his claim to fame right there. Like the, the, he ended up staying on her couch and they got to know each other and they fell in love. And it's kind of a beautiful story. So couch surfing, you can fall in love there, but it's completely free. People offer up their couch or maybe their spare bedroom even to folks that are traveling. And so it is this kind of cool site. It's very community. Yeah. It's yeah. very community centered, very community oriented. Airbnb is more transactional. It, it still has this great community vibe, right? We've talked about it, but it's it's still, it's going to cost you money to find a primo space. Couch surfing, you're going to have to be okay with kind of some interesting sleeping conditions with maybe not finding out until last minute where you're actually going to stay. There are all sorts of quirks that come along with finding lodging on a site like couch surfing. But ultimately, if you're looking to travel and you are dead serious about slashing costs, well, Couchsurfing can be just a really awesome website to help you travel across the nation or, or also a lot of places across the globe for free, which means you can travel for a whole heck of a lot longer. Yeah, you can save that money and instead spend that at the discoteca. Yeah, so be sure to check them out. You can also check out Hospitality Club. That's another site that is similar to Couchsurfing. Again, like you mentioned, Joel, it's all about the communal aspect of it. Oftentimes, the hosts are travelers themselves or they, you know, they used to be travelers and they want to be able to continue to foster that environment of being able to travel and see the world for free. So be sure to check those out. And I wanted to mention too, something that's sort of free and it's also like sort of lodging, right? I don't know if this would totally qualify as lodging. <laughs> okay. I'm interested <laughs> to hear this. A couple times while I was traveling in Europe, we took overnight trains to get to the next city. And for us, this worked pretty well, right? We had pretty cozy seats to sleep in. In one instance, we had our own cabin. That was nice. We had a little more privacy there, but it wasn't a sleeper cabin, right? So there were not any beds. We're basically sleeping in chairs. It's sort of like sleeping on an airplane. These days, though, I would totally pony up for an actual bed, like an actual sleeper cabin to get a good night's sleep. I'm not sure if it really matters all that much because I've been known to, to be able to get sleep pretty much anywhere these days. Yeah, I love the idea of, of doing train travel and staying overnight on the train. But yeah, I completely agree. Having an actual bed to sleep in is huge. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not necessarily replacing a, a hotel or a, another form of accommodation. It's just kind of cheaping out and having an awful <laughs> night of sleep, right? Wherever you go. It just depends on how hard you can sleep. I mean, I, I remember specifically riding through the night. We got on a train at night in Milan and then we took the train all the way down to Southern Italy. It was like a nine hour train ride. And truly, we were able to sleep for most of the time that we were moving. But I think we did have a couple sort of times when we had to switch trains. So I don't think we were counting on that because that kind of, you know, broke our sleep a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that'll jolt you awake right there. Yeah, but I wanted to mention that, you know, those are some of the different things you can try when you're young, you're adventurous, 
sleep isn't quite as important to you. Yeah. And Matt, we're going to get into more about how to pay less for travel lodging, including uh, some of our favorite sites for booking a place to sleep because where you book can save you tons of money. We'll get into that right after the break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pumped for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best-fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. 
All right, Joel, we're back from the break, and we're talking about saving big on travel lodging. You know, we've talked about the the sort of freeways that you can score a night's sleep, you know, traveling on a shoestring, but we're now going to talk about hotels, the official way to get a good night's sleep if you're a (laughs) grown-up. Yeah, exactly. I've had some experiences with that free lodging stuff in the past, and it was fun while it lasted, but for me, at least, I'm past those days. (laughs) It's just not going to happen anymore for me. Man, I totally hear you. So here's the thing. Let's talk about when you're going to go on these trips. Just like your flights, when you travel, when you actually go, it matters a lot. So if you want to go to Ireland in July, you're going to pay close to double for a cool bed and breakfast than you would pay, say, in February or November. Joel, man, that's exactly what you and I did when we went to Ireland with our wives. Our favorite spot that we stayed at in Killarney National Park, it was only 70 euro per room when we went at the beginning of November, when normally it's 115 to 130. It is really important to know when high season is, right? When it's shoulder season and when it's off season. It's basically a simple supply and demand. And if you are able to go on vacation when the demand is low, well, you're going to save a lot of money. Yeah, on that note, Matt, let's say someone wants to come and visit Atlanta. Well, so much of the price of a hotel room in Atlanta is dictated by the conferences that are going on in town. So if you have flexible dates, you could score an incredibly inexpensive hotel room in downtown Atlanta or you know in the surrounding areas. But if you try to come during a week where there's a big conference, you're going to pay likely three times as much to stay in those same rooms. So in particular, when you're looking at cities that do have big conferences coming to town, Las Vegas or Atlanta or Orlando, places like that, make sure you look at the the room prices before you book your tickets because that can have uh, just a massive effect on how much you're going to pay. Also, look into midweek stays, right? It's not just off-season travel, but if you're looking at shorter trips, try and go during the week if you have that kind of flexibility because that can save you money too. Yeah, and, and not even with just hotels, but we've done that with our Airbnb. Our weekend pricing uh, is anywhere between 20 and $30 more than a typical weekday because obviously there's just going to be more demand on the weekends when more people have that flexibility. Yeah. So if you have the flexibility to go during the week, man, you've got to consider that. Yeah, think about the memberships that you have that might also be able to save you money on a booking. If you're a senior or a student or a member of the military, or even if you just have a AAA membership, well, that can help you save more as well. Make sure to take advantage of those perks. Don't be afraid to tastefully ask for the discount. We've talked about that before. It's so important just to ask the question because you might be able to score a sweet discount. It makes me actually think of my dad because uh, he would always, and he still does actually ask for a military discount because he was in the army. He's, you know, he's retired now. But as a kid, I remember being so embarrassed by that. Like he would always ask for a military discount. I'd be like, hey, do you offer a military discount? Because, you know, as a kid, you're just embarrassed of everything. Uh, but now as a grown-up, man, I, I appreciate what he did. He's just like kind of flexing his discount muscles. So yeah, be like my dad, flex those muscles. Don't be afraid to ask for that discount. Yeah, man. And, and those memberships can be great, right? And they can save you, especially last minute in a pinch, that additional 10% can be huge. But there are also websites and apps that I think can be even better than a membership discount. These sites can can save you big money on lodging. And, and so let's talk about those. And the first website I think we should mention is a website called TripAdvisor. And it's really interesting because... I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> TripAdvisor isn't actually going to save you money on a hotel booking. It's not going to find you the cheapest hotel on the block. But what it is going to do is it's going to help you do your research so that you can know which hotels are the best in a given location. 
And that's thanks to a ton of travel nerds out there. The rating system on TripAdvisor is so good and it's a place I turn often in order to vet a hotel or a place that I'm looking to stay. They've got way more information than just lodging information, right? But but that is a key place where I can get really helpful info because the star ratings and the reviews on some of the actual booking sites, they're not nearly as helpful. And some of those star ratings can feel quite a bit inflated. So I would say that those... Feels a little scammy. Yeah. A little shilly. Oh, this one's a 12 star. It's like, what? I didn't know that existed. <laughs> <laughs> but but I would say those actual TripAdvisor reviews, digging in and, and reading a handful can really help you kind of get the lay of the land and figure out which hotels, which parts of town, which areas you want to book. And then you get into actually going to the websites that are going to help you book a place at a really discounted rate. Yeah. Websites like the discount websites, Priceline and Hotwire. Those are great sites to peruse where you can kind of do some additional research and actually book a hotel. You can save a lot of money that way. But an even better way to save money, right, is to book blindly. Don't be afraid to not know the hotel that you'll actually be staying in. Like that's how you can save the most money by far is by blind booking. And here's the thing. It's not completely blind, right? If you've done this before, like you're given the the star rating of the hotel, you're given the general area. So you have an idea and they even say like typically hotels like these two hotels. (laughs) And so you know that, okay, there's a good chance I'm going to be staying either in a Doubletree or a Marriott, something like that. And so if you'd be happy staying at either one of those hotels, well, blind book and snag that discount. Yeah, those sites are so great, Matt, because if you're willing for the actual hotel that you're going to stay at to be hidden from you until after you actually go through and book it, but you kind of know generally what you're getting into, that can save you 20, 30, 40% off the actual price of the hotel were you to book it directly. I mean, it, the, the savings can be substantial. Uh, another site actually that's come along in recent years that, that is kind of competing with Priceline and Hotwire at that game is a site called Hotel Tonight. It's an app too that you can download. And it's really great for, for saving with last minute lodging. And with people using apps like Uber and Lyft to get immediate transportation wherever they want to go, it totally makes sense that an app like Hotel Tonight came along in order to kind of give folks that ability to, to book a hotel extremely last minute at an incredible discount. But again, to get the best deal with an app like Hotel Tonight, if you absolutely have to know the hotel that you're booking ahead of time, you're, you're going to pay more. Yeah. And Hotel Tonight, they've got that daily drop as well, which is like that, that special deal that they run. Yeah. Yeah. And you can uncover that one deal and find out the actual hotel you'll be staying at, but it's only live you for gotta, 15 minutes, yeah. right? Yeah. You got to book it super quick. <laughs> like I got to 12 minutes to book this hotel. Yeah. It's stressing me out. <laughs> you know, this also kind of makes me think of the software that we use for Airbnb, but we use this pricing software that automatically adjusts our pricing. But one of the things it does that we have to kind of keep an eye on, that we have to keep tabs on, is that if we haven't booked some nights, it'll automatically lower the price on those upcoming nights because the software says, oh, these people want their Airbnb to be booked. So I will lower the price in order for it to be booked more easily. It's basically like Hotel Tonight, but the app form of it built into the software that we use for Airbnb. Sounds kind of confusing. No, that makes sense. But like basically last minute bookings, they want to be able to offer it for less because they think that we want it to be booked last minute. And so if you are in the position of the guest and you're looking for a last minute spot, I think that's why more and more guests are waiting to the last minute because they know that there are going to be deals. And that's totally true, man. That's what we found is that a lot of folks are waiting until the last minute. So know that even if you're looking on Airbnb, you might can snag a really good deal last minute. And Matt, there's a new travel site that's run by a company we're already super familiar with. And we've talked about on the show before, Honey, which has this awesome Chrome extension to help people save money when they're 
doing their e-commerce shopping around the internet. Yeah, not just their Chrome browser. They're on Safari now too. You oh, would know okay. that because you're a, you're a PC guy. That's true. That is true. <laughs> but yeah, so you've been digging into kind of what Honey has to offer in the travel lodging discount arena. What have you found? What do you like about what they're offering? Yeah, so their site is called honey.travel. Dude, and it is pretty freaking awesome. I just checked today multiple hotels in multiple cities on the different hotel discount sites. And honey.travel had the best rates by a landslide. Like, I'm not even kidding. It wasn't even close. It wasn't like a matter of just saving like five bucks here and there. It was consistently saving at least 20 bucks and in some cases like $90 compared to prices on some of the other discount sites. Wow. I was completely impressed because I haven't personally booked a hotel using that site. But now that I've sort of discovered them, I am totally looking forward to giving them a shot soon. Nice. That's that's uh, good news. Good to have another awesome website to consider when you're looking for the best deal. The only catch though with Honey, right, is, is that they only offer these really low rates to users who currently use that browser extension, right? And they've found something called a Honey Key. Yeah. And you said find it because it is sort of like the scavenger hunt, right? So this Honey Key, it evidently appears randomly at checkout when you're using the regular Honey extension to score coupons and discounts when you're on just a regular site. And so I've never actually noticed these keys before, but they're listed in your account overview when you click that little Honey icon in your browser. And so if you've been using Honey, you'll likely have keys just sitting there for you and you don't even realize it. When I found out where the keys are, are sort of stored, I found that I had 15 of them there and I didn't know it at all, man. I love that Honey has sort of gamified this whole process and it makes it just a lot of fun. And man, because it is so fun, like seriously, I got really into it when I was kind of researching the Honey thing. And so I wanted to find out how I got those keys because like literally I'd never really seen them pop up before. They kind of automatically get stored into your account. And so I kind of reached out via Twitter to Honey because I wanted to figure out like the, the secret sauce, like how do you get the keys? And they just said that you just have to use it. There's no secret sauce necessarily. It kind of pops up as you use it. And before you know it, you'll have those keys. And once you have those keys, it basically gives you access to all the discounts that honey.travel offers. So it's just kind of an added incentive to actually use honey, whereas it, you kind of already had an incentive to, in order to score discounts on the stuff you were already planning to buy. Yeah, man, exactly. But, but that's cool. Yeah, I love it. And if you want to go the complete opposite direction, you're not into the gamification, you're not into the discount travel sites, well, another way to go about saving money on a hotel in particular is to make that old school phone call directly to the hotel that you're interested in staying at. For it to be an old school phone call, do you have to use like your old flip phone? You got to use the rotary dial, I oh, think. Like, yeah, you're taking a rotary. It only works if you do it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, if you make a, a phone call to a particular hotel to ask what offers they have or, or even to, to mention a rate that you've seen online to see if they can beat it, well, that's a really good way to potentially save more. These hotels actually give up a decent amount of money to these online booking engines and they can claw that money back if they get consumers to book directly. So at one example, Emily and I ended up staying at a hotel in Athens last year after Christmas and it was super fun. We had a great time, but I had looked directly on the hotel website because it was really this kind of specific niche hotel that, that we preferred to stay at because it was kind of cool. It was a little vintagey. And if it didn't work out, if we didn't get a deal, we would have been happy to find somewhere else to stay. But I decided to call and just kind of see what they had to offer. They had this awesome Black Friday deal they were offering. And so we were able to, to score a discount uh, on this hotel that, that we couldn't have gotten through any sort of 
online booking engine. So basically as these hotels are starting to see that they're getting a lot of their profits eaten away by the online booking engines, making a phone call directly to the hotel and asking what sort of rates they offer or seeing if they can beat a rate that you find online, that's definitely a way to save more. Yeah, and dude, this goes back to the art of asking for a discount episode, which was episode 18, way back when. Asking for a discount, is it truly is an art. And with more of our purchasing and communicating taking place digitally, I think asking for a discount is becoming even more rare. So if you can master the practice of that, you are going to have a leg up. And another tip, when you do call the hotel, make sure that you're calling the specific location of the hotel that you want to stay at. A lot of chains will have, say, an 800 number, and you want to make sure that you're calling the front desk of the hotel that you want to stay at because a lot of times the manager's there, they're going to have the most power to offer you that sweet discount. Yeah, Matt, I think you're right. I think the better we can get at asking for a discount, the more likely we are to be able to actually get one. Another thing that deserves mention as we're talking about booking these hotel rooms and trying to to get a a sweet discount is the concept of refundable versus non-refundable rooms. So in order to get the best deals, in order to score a hotel room at a really sweet discount, we mentioned that you're not going to know the name of the hotel. You're not going to know where you're staying until after you've booked. Well, also, it's going to be a non-refundable room, which means you're handcuffed to it once you've booked. And that's not necessarily a bad thing if you know what you're doing and you book smartly. You just got to be committed, man. Yeah, you got to be committed once you hit the accept key and you're going forward in the process. Don't back out on that trip with your wife to Athens. Why (laughs) why would you do that, Joel? (laughs) Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Of course I wouldn't. But you're going to get the best deal if you're booking a non-refundable room on one of those sites that we've mentioned. So one other tip to help you save even more money is to book a refundable room right after you book your airfare, or if you're driving, just to, to book something that's refundable as soon as you kind of have an idea of what your trip's gonna be like. Having a refundable room is like having a bird in the hand. You can let go if you find something better when you book your non-refundable room at just an incredible deal. But if prices go haywire as you get closer to the date, it's nice to have that refundable room in your possession because you know what, you can always stay there. And typically when you have a refundable room, you've got about 48 hours in advance of your stay to cancel with no penalty to you. Just make sure you know the fine print and set a calendar reminder to cancel that room if you're able to find non-refundable lodging that's better and at a cheaper price point. Nice, man. That's a strategy that I've forgotten about. And uh, I'm definitely going to keep that in mind next time I book a hotel. We're going to talk more about some different fees associated with hotels, as well as some different alternatives to consider right after the break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. 
It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to Cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pumped for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, Matt, we're back. And what can kill a deal more quickly than ridiculous fees, right? So one thing that we need to be very aware of as we're talking about scoring a deal on lodging when we're traveling is potential hidden fees. There are like lawsuits going on right now because certain hotel chains have been charging exorbitant quote unquote resort fees. And they're even charging these fees for basic hotels with almost no amenities. Yeah, which is really ironic because they call these fees amenity fees. <laughs> yeah, amenity <laughs> or, fees, resort or, fees. Exactly. Yeah, there are yeah. all sorts of different names for them, but they're awful. And most travelers are caught completely off guard. They have no idea that when they show up, they think they've paid the full rate. But when they get there, it turns out there's more they need to pay. Yeah, it's sort of a bait and switch because they are not publishing these fees in the total cost of the room. And so it doesn't allow travelers to compare apples to apples when they're looking at the different hotels. And in addition to those hotel fees are just other fees or other expenses associated with the hotel. Yeah, Matt, and if there's a specific hotel that you're looking at, it can be helpful to go to their website to see what sort of additional fees they charge that you might not be noticing on a third-party booking site. And let's mention a couple of other fees that you need to be aware of before you book. 
and one is a fee for parking. Parking is a big one, and, and it could influence your decision to Uber as opposed to renting a car. Parking fees can cost $35, $50, $75 a night, depending on what city you're booking in. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking in San Francisco or New York in particular, you're going to pay a lot in order just to have the privilege of parking your car at that hotel. When Emily and I were in San Francisco, actually, what we did to avoid parking fees, which I think were like 35 bucks a day, but that was like eight years ago, so it's probably more expensive now. We decided to actually walk uh, about a mile to rent a car the day that we needed it, and we returned it on the same day. So we kind of got out of town, did our thing, brought it back, and we never had to actually pay to park at the hotel because that was such a ridiculous fee. It was cheaper to rent the car for a day than it was to park the car for a day. That's insane. It was mind-blowing, <laughs> yeah. So make sure to watch out for exorbitant parking fees at hotels. What's also insane is that you had to walk a mile. These days, you would just hop on a little scooter, <laughs> a little e-scooter. Well, it's kind of nice, man. It's like <laughs> San Fran is such a walkable town and, yeah. and you get to know the town by walking. And that's one of my favorite things when I'm traveling is to is to do a lot of walking because I feel like it gets you acquainted in this way that no other method of transportation can help you get acquainted with a city. So yeah, that walk was was not only to save money right in order to get there, but it was this way of kind of getting to spot other places that we might want to come back to later. Yeah, man, I could not agree more. Right when when you're walking like that, you slow down enough that you're you're not just seeing the sights, you're actually experiencing them. That's what travel is all about. You know, we're talking about fees here. The best way to avoid them is to make sure that you read all the fine print. You know, it might feel a little bit uncouth to ask, right? But call and ask the front desk. See if there are any additional fees at the time of your booking. You don't have to, but come on, like this is your money. And personally, I'd rather that money go towards some local craft beer of whatever town that I'm in visiting. However, if there are other perks included that are free, like free parking, or maybe that breakfast where you can at least kind of score some bacon and eggs. That can make the price of your room seem a bit more reasonable. So it's kind of hard to weigh all these things all at the same time. But you, you do want to weigh some of these additional perks that you are going to receive. Yeah, Matt. One other way that people think they're going to save a good bit of money when they're traveling is by joining a hotel loyalty reward program. It's typically free to join those programs. And it's not a terrible idea. But those hotel loyalty programs are specifically designed to get you to continue to book at their hotels. And that might not be the best idea for you, actually. You might find that the perks, the benefits that are being touted, if you would just join this hotel program, are not nearly as good as the savings that you'll find by booking through some of these other third-party websites. It's not a bad idea to join these rewards programs. There might be other additional benefits like free Wi-Fi or free breakfast, right? Just just by being a member. And if it's free, then it's a no-brainer to join in order to score those benefits. Yeah, certainly take advantage of it if it's there and you happen to be staying at that hotel. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that you're going to get the best rate on an actual room because you are a member. It still makes sense to do your due diligence and look to book on your own as opposed to just kind of blindly being loyal to one hotel chain. Yeah, man. And similar to the hotel loyalty programs, there are also hotel loyalty credit cards. And the thing is, they are also not quite as sweet as they might seem on the surface because they're, they're beholden to a specific hotel chain and you may not get the best deal with that specific hotel depending on where you're traveling. And, and so instead, we would recommend a credit card that is a little more general where you have the freedom to move those points around and book lodging at whatever hotel you decide to book those at. And these are credit cards like Chase Sapphire Preferred, Capital One's Venture, 
Both of those are more sort of general travel reward credit cards, and they're going to give you the flexibility to do what you want with those points without losing them and without having those points handcuffed to a specific hotel chain. Man, there's so much to cover when we're talking about hotel booking. There are so many ins and outs. There are so many particulars, and there are so many things to watch out for so that we're being intentional about scoring a good deal when we're traveling. But there are also alternatives, right? There are things other than hotels. At the beginning of this episode, we talked a little bit about hostels and we talked a little bit about traveling for free using a site like couchsurfing.com. But there are other ways too that you can ditch the hotel and figure out another way to stay in a city or town for less money. And another thing to consider is an Airbnb. We've talked about that before, or even to do something like a home exchange. And there's actually a website called homeexchange.com And this is an awesome way to actually do kind of like a house swap with someone in another location. This can save massive money and actually end up securing you a way cooler place to stay. While hotels can be really easy and they can be just the, the simplest way we think about finding lodging when we're traveling. Well, if you can dig one level deeper and you can do some sort of home exchange with somebody else, you can secure lodging that otherwise would have been impossible or just too prohibitively expensive for you to book. But doing a swap with someone else can actually make it possible. So I love that idea. And I think it's one of those things, Matt, that that people just oftentimes don't even think about it. It doesn't come across their radar. Yeah, Joel, that's a great option. You know, you mentioned Airbnbs. Anytime that you're able basically to get out of the part of town where all the other tourists are and all the other visitors, like that's probably going to save you money. And here's the thing too with Airbnbs, man. You know, we talked about like how there's parking fees. Well, typically with Airbnbs, when you're staying at someone's house, like you can avoid that. Earlier, we talked about booking a place that's refundable. Well, a lot of hosts on Airbnb offer really flexible cancellation policies. There's just a lot of benefit that you would experience from going with an Airbnb versus a hotel. All right, Matt, I feel like we've really run the gamut in this episode. We've talked about kind of a lot of different options from free to cheap, And also to trying to score nicer lodging, like a nice hotel room at a reasonable rate through the different apps and websites that are available. But I feel like we have to go super Matt and Joel on this one too and mention that there's (laughs) there's one more thing that people should consider. And I think that's camping. Bringing your tent along and your sleeping bag can lead to big savings on a trip. And so this is something that I have definitely done, especially when you're driving your car from place to place. Finding a spot to camp can be really, really fun, can add to the excitement of your trip, and can also actually save you big money at the same time. Because, of course, we talked about how expensive some of these hotel fees have gotten, these resort fees that they've added on. But just the price of a hotel room can be a little costly, right? And can can actually steer us away from traveling altogether because the costs just add up. And if we're willing to rough it a little bit, or maybe even just do half and half, right? Split the time between camping and a hotel room. Oh, yeah. Right? That can be a good way for us to cut down on the costs of lodging as we travel. And also maybe even kind of make it a little more fun. I mean, I really like that idea, right? Like you you go camping, get your money savings in, uh, you're kind of roughing it. But then even kind of maybe booking an Airbnb on the back end a little bit. That way you get that hot shower, get that soft bed. Helps you to kind of reintegrate with society a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, a little refreshing (laughs) on the back end. Yeah, and on the note of camping, man, it makes me uh, think of the trip that Kate and I took with you and your wife, along with some of our other friends as well. We went up to Asheville. We had a nice big crew. Yeah, we did, man. That was a lot of fun. And we went camping. We found a spot next to this river. We all pitched our tents. We, you know, in the morning, we had like some solid breakfast. During the days, we went hiking. We hit up some breweries. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of adventure. Created some long-lasting memories for sure. And guess what? We paid no money because we were camping. 
Yeah, especially if the weather's nice, it can add so much to the trip. That was fun, man. And it's something that I'm totally willing to consider in order to save money on lodging. It's cheaper than a hostel. And you know what? It might even be better (laughs) depending on where you're going. Man, I love it. I'm happy that we sort of run the gamut from everything from uh, couch surfing to fancy hotels, you know, and then we're we're back down to our roots, camping. Man, (laughs) if if this is a multiple choice quiz, I'm like... Mark and D, all of the all above. Of the above. <laughs> I, I am, man. I love every once in a while staying like a really posh hotel. And then other times camping, other times, well, couch surfing, I think I'm past that at this point. But I loved it when it when it existed, when I did it. It was fun. Yeah, travel so, is a lot of fun, dude. Yeah. And I love kind of all the different ways you can experience it, right? It doesn't have to be always the nicest hotel and it doesn't always have to be camping. And so much of it depends on what your budget is and what kind of experience you want to have. Yeah, that's right. And regardless of what you're going for, hopefully we've covered something that will allow you to save money next time you are looking for some lodging. All right, Matt, speaking of an experience, let's talk about the beer that we had on the show today. We drank Surly Brewing Company's Darkness. It's a Russian Imperial Stout. And the folks at Surly were kind enough to send this one our way. Matt, what were your thoughts on this beer? I think everything of this beer because it is just so stinking good. There's something about this beer where it is able to sort of ride the line between a Russian Imperial Stout where there's lots of flavor, a lot of dark, sweet notes packed into it. But at the same time, it's not too heavy. It's not too thick. Yeah, man, this beer is a legit beast. It's huge, but it's still incredibly well-rounded. It's got these little hints of coffee and cherry and dark chocolate. It's got all those little notes that slide across your tongue as you're drinking it. And it just makes this beer just so interesting and unique. I would say it's this gigantic stout that is completely worthy of the hype that surrounds it. Beer nerds long for this beer. It's super special. And I'm glad we got to drink this year's iteration because it's incredible, man. It really is just an awesome representation of a Russian Imperial Stout, which is something I don't drink very often, but I feel like I should. And if more Russian Imperial Stouts tasted like this, I would. Yeah, well, with the weather cooling down, it's it feels really appropriate to have a beer like this. So thanks to everyone up there at Surly Brewing Company. All right, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. If you want the show notes, you can find those pretty easily on our website at howtomoney.com. And if you found this episode and our podcast in general helpful and you enjoyed it, we would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. All right, buddy. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.